All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here in the 2020 Mindset Leadership Conference. I'm your host, Riley Jensen, and today I'm super excited to invite or, or to introduce you to my old wide receiver, man. <laughs> I'm number five, Ricky Brumfield. Now, um, he's now a big-time coach, and he's probably going to big-time me a little bit on this interview, and he's going he's gonna to talk down just a little bit because he is big-time. But back in the day, we were equals, and he was one of my favorite players that I ever played with. This is the special teams coordinator and coach for the University of Virginia, Ricky Brumfield. Ricky, thanks for joining me, man. Glad to be here, man. I appreciate it, man. And uh, trust me, you know I'll never big time you, man. We're always we're always equal, man. You threw me the ball, so I, you know, I gotta love you, bro. <laughs> I love throwing to you. I wish I wish we would put you in the slot a little bit more and got you on some option routes, man. We're always putting you on the outside trying to throw deep, and I wasn't good at that. I was good at the slants and the the option routes thrown to you. So I, <laughs> I, I did I send never- you. I did send you a, a little bit of a film the other day. I forgot about how crazy those legs were, man. You had some quick feet, some good footwork going on, Coach. I just didn't want to get hit, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was too scared to get hit. <laughs> for, for those that don't know you as well as I do, tell, tell the people like watching this interview, where are you from? How did you get to Utah State? How did you get into coaching? Um, I'm originally from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, born and raised, and uh, went to Utah State. And you know, not to go too deep, but uh, I didn't do what I was supposed to in school. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I try to preach to my kids and and the players that I coach. Uh, and and I always tell them, man, the better you do in school, the more options you have. The less you do, then the less options you have. And um, I didn't do great, and so my options was limited of what I had. But Utah State. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to, to go there. But Utah State was one of the schools that kind of stood by me um, and, and kind of waited for me to make sure I got my stuff together. And I was able to go to Utah State on, on a scholarship and spend my five years, because I redshirted uh, my freshman year, uh, five years at Utah State to, uh, you know, play football, man. And that's kind of how I ended up meeting you and playing with you. And I actually met uh, my wife at Utah State as well. And I uh, got married and, and started my family. And she is from West Virginia. She wanted to kind of be around the, the LDS culture um, and, and for her school. And so when we moved back to West Virginia uh, afterwards and, and got married, I ended up working at a detention center with, with a guy. His actual name is Bill Kerr. And uh, we talked about football. And, and I always told him, you know, and I always said that if I don't make it at the next level, you know, I don't. I don't know if I can be happy doing anything else but being around football. And so he uh, actually invited me to, to help coach. He was at coaching at a local high school. And so he asked me to help coach with him. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And actually uh, another school, Fairmont State, which is right down the road, somebody saw me coaching and, and they basically offered me a um, job over there at Fairmont State. And so I did that for about a year. Um, and, and the guy that helped me out, Bill, ended up getting a graduate assistant job at Union College. And he basically recommended me to do that. Um, and so I ended up taking that graduate assistant job at Union College, NAIA school. And that's kind of where it all started, man. I started off coaching, volunteering at a high school, volunteering at a Division two school, and then taking a graduate assistant job at a NAIA school at Union College. And so where else have you been in your coaching career then? I know, I know you were at, uh, um, you were in Louisiana coaching. You've been in Texas. What are the other schools you've been at? 
I started at Union College, uh, then I went to Fairmont State, Division II school in West Virginia. Um, and then from there, I went to Nickel State, 1AA school uh, in Louisiana. And then I went to Western Kentucky, Division I. Uh, and then from there, I went to Texas San Antonio, Division One, and then um, here, <laughs> uh, University of Virginia. But also, too, in between that, man, I was doing internships in the NFL. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So you... You've been doing a lot of work. You got four kids, three kids? Four. Four kids. Four kids. I love four. I, Actually, I'm saying three because one of them is out of the house. He's in college, so I'm, I'm only counting three. Okay. So they go out of the house, man. I'm he doesn't subtracting. count anymore? He doesn't count anymore. He doesn't count anymore. <laughs> He's just playing college football, but he doesn't count anymore, huh? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I, you know, I, I just remember, I think – you know, getting to know you, I just come out of Snow College. I was super excited about playing Division One football. And I just remember there were a few guys on the team, and you you know how it is as a coach. There's, there's probably 10 guys that are doing everything right. There's probably 30 or 40 that are doing most things right. And then yeah. there's probably another 10 or 20 that are not doing anything right. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were one of those guys that, that – you had this quiet demeanor about you and kind of this resolve about you that you didn't care whether you were undersized. You didn't care whether somebody was from California or Florida or the next, you know, Randy Moss, that you were just going to compete every play. And I just remember if, the, if there's one word that I would have said about you and I, and I still think that about you is just like a solid person, right? Like just solid. Like, I, I knew I could count on you as a receiver. I knew I could count on you if I was having a hard time. I knew I could count on you to, for the most part, do things right. I, I don't know that you did anything wrong. You, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't you know. But I, I, I just knew that we could count on you. And that, that was a fun thing for me um, as a young man, just to see different people from different parts of the country that had some of the same values that I had um, as far as like showing up and doing the work and doing what they were supposed to do. So that, to me, that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you today is because I think with being a solid person and a consistent person, like you were, that's part of mental toughness. Do you have um, a definition of mental toughness or, a, or not, not like the dictionary or like out of a book, but like, what's your definition of mental toughness? First of all, I appreciate that, man. You know, I, I love you like a brother, man. And and um, that was always good times, man, back at Utah State. You know what I mean? And so I, I greatly appreciate what you said about me, man. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, but my mental my, – I guess my definition of mental toughness is just always, like, performing no matter what. You know what I mean? And just fighting through any kind of adversity that you can fight through. Um, I got one of the words that I learned here – uh, was fortitude and you know they kind of talked about the difference between tough and fortitude and stuff like that and then kind of fortitude is is basically being able to take and then give back as well and so I kind of add that into my own personal definition of toughness um, you know being able to, to to take something but also give it back and being able to deal with it you know what I mean um, because with toughness especially in sport you got to deal with winning and losing you know everybody want to win um, but you got to be able to deal with losing and, and can you lose and then go back out the next play and be able to, to have that mindset to be able to compete at the, at the toppest level or the, the, the highest level that you can compete at. So I guess that's my kind of elongated 
yeah. uh, definition of, of mental toughness. Yeah, I like that. I like that word fortitude, like being able to take it, but not just take it, but get up and, and try again and keep going and, and give back and, and maybe, maybe give back to that source that's taken from you, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> back a little bit, like, hey, exactly, you know? I, I'm, I'm, I may be done, but I'm not done yet, right? And so, like, yeah, I like that. Um, do you feel like your definition has shifted over the years? Do you think that, that what you thought was mental toughness is different now? Yeah, I definitely do, man. I, I you know, it's kind of like I said, I just learned that, that word fortitude. And I think before mental toughness to me was just being able to fight through anything, no matter what, you know, I'm mentally tough. Like this is, I'm tired. I've been running and I'm tired. I'm mentally tough to go that next extra lap. But I just, I, I think through the years, man, I've learned that it's, it's a whole lot more than that. It's a whole lot more than um, being able to condition tough. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, and I, I kind of took, mental toughness and it's crazy i took mental toughness is more towards physical toughness you know what i mean and being able to, to actually fight through all of those things but uh through the years man it's it's i don't think it's physical it's all you know just like the word um it's all mental toughness and just having you being able to have the positive mindset um of, of doing things that you need to do yeah i think about you know, just different phrases that I hear from coaches. And the one that you just reminded me of is sometimes courage is the ability to try humbly again tomorrow morning. When yeah. you get, right? Like that sometimes is that's all you got. And sometimes that's what a dad is doing for his family. Sometimes that's what a kid is doing for his family. Sometimes that's what an athlete is doing for his team or, you know, somebody who's struggling during the COVID-19, sometimes courage and mental toughness and all this stuff that we're talking about is just the ability to get up and say, you know, I'm going to try again today. I'm exactly. going to try, try again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, think that's, I think that's cool. Do you feel like um, the mental toughness that you learned growing up in New Orleans, being at Utah State, being a young father in West Virginia – do you feel like that's been important in your career? I do. I, I, I think big time, man. I think, um, you know, the, the growing up in New Orleans aspect, um, you know, we always joke and say, man, people from the boot built differently. Um, <clears throat> I just think the mindset that you, you have to have, you know what I mean? It's either, um, you know, you get rolled over if you don't do something. And, and I think that that has built, so much inside of me because it's uh you know kind of like how you said i didn't care where people was from it was because when you grow up you can't you know what i mean like you, you can't care where somebody is from man you got to be able to, to perform and fight or fight back or do something um just because that's how that's how it's got to be in order to, to survive you know it's not like i grew up in the projects and all kind of things were just crazy and and you know what i mean not to that aspect but just from a from a athletic aspect and even a social aspect, man, you gotta you, you can't worry about where somebody's from. You know, you yeah. gotta be able to step up. And it feels like it feels like to me every single person that I've ever met from from Louisiana, mm -hmm. there, there's two things that stick out for me. One is is kind of a even even if they're well to do, they kind of have a blue collar attitude. Just like, mm -hmm. hey, if I, if I want to get this, I'm gonna have to work hard. And two, just super respectful, like. Not, 
you know, not not trying to cause problems, but not gonna not not gonna let you just mow them over either. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm hey, not... man, I, ain't, I ain't trying to cause a fight, but if you want to cause a fight, I will fight. <laughs> yeah, they just tell me I had the little man syndrome. They'd be like, "Let it go." Like, no, man, I ain't letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, when you when you think about uh, coaches, maybe parents. Uh, maybe influences in your life that maybe you end up repeating their phrases the most or you, or you learn the most from who are they and, and, and what were some of the, the little stories and the little mental toughness wins that you got while you're growing up? I don't know, man. I think sometimes my dad used to give me all kind of stuff, um, you know, um, stories and uh, not really stories, but just used to ask all kind of questions and, about, you know, I used to always joke because he'd be like, what's this classification? And I'm like, what? What is that? <laughs> what's this like, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, what grade is he in? I'm like, oh, all right. Well, you know what I mean? Like, say that, man. Yeah. Um, but I, I see a lot of my dad coming out of me. Um, and I think the number one thing that um, comes out of me from him is, uh, like, always having a plan B and a backup plan. And what if – um, you know, he always used to say, well, what if you don't do this? You know, that was his thing. Like, well, what are you going to do after college? I'm playing NFL. <laughs> you know what I mean? And well, what are you going to do if you don't make it? And at the time, 5'9", 160, you know what I mean? At best, soaking wet. Um, I didn't think about everything else. I'm just like, I'm playing NFL. And talking to him and him basically, you know, at the time, aggravating me, uh, keep asking the same question. It kind of made me think about what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? It made me like, I know he's going to ask me again. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Let me see what do I want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, it was to be a coach. And, I, and I, I've never forgot that. You know what I mean? Because he asked me every single day, like, well, what do you want to do if, 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 if. Um, and I use that all the time with, with players that I coach. You know, a lot of them, they want to play in the NFL. And I tell them, you know, what if you don't make it? Or what if you do make it, what are you going to do after you finish playing? You know what I mean? So you always got to have something, uh, something else, uh, or whether it's a backup plan or whether it's, uh, you know, something to branch off of what you want to do. You know, you always got to be ready for that. And that's kind of one of the things that I've got from him. And that's what I've used really, honestly, all my life. I like that. Uh, you know, the pension in the NFL is set up four years for a reason, right? Because exactly. players only make it about three on average, if that, right? And, uh, you know, you reminded me – so I read – I wore number eight at Utah State, and don't tell you any Utah State fans this, but I wore because of Steve Young, right? Because I grew up right. in Utah, and Steve Young was BYU quarterback. He was everything. I loved, I loved the way he played. And I read his book just a few years ago called My Life Behind the Spiral. And his dad's name, believe it or not, I, I think his name is Grit. Grit Young. Yeah, I think. Wow. What a cool name, right? I know that, yeah. <laughs> Grit. But he used to say almost exactly like your dad. You might like reading this book because he goes, okay, son, that's your dream. What's your plan? So his dream, he, he was like, I'm going to play in the NFL, dad. I'm, and then he said even when he was in the NFL and he'd won a Super Bowl and he'd been to the Pro Bowl, he goes, okay, so that's your dream. What's your plan? <laughs> he was still, he was still like asking that. him in the NFL. So, what's your plan? You know, and uh, he he felt like it made him mentally tough because his dad was like, "You, yes, 
you need to go all in, but you need to have, you need to be realistic and you need to be smart about what could happen if you get hurt or if you, or if things don't work out the way you're supposed to. And I think for me as a mental performance coach and a, and a, you know, someone who deals in sports psychology, I talk to athletes all the time, like adversity is coming. It's coming to you, Ricky. It's coming to me. It's coming to every team. It's coming to every player. I've never met a great team or a great player who doesn't go through adversity during the season. What's your plan for when it hits? Yeah. Are you going to stand tall? Are you going to work hard? Are you going to trash other people? Are you going to be a locker room lawyer telling everybody all the reasons why you should be the guy and you're not? Or are you going to be the guy that is the best player for your team instead of the best player on your team, right? Exactly. And those are, those are good lessons. Like your dad – you know, even though you were just trying to get him off your back, he was making you think <laughs> outside the box, right? Yeah, like, you know, he did, man. And that's that's you know that kind of. I wish I would have took heat earlier in my college career. Um, you know what I mean? Because I would, I think I would have had a better outlook on on everything. You know what I'm saying? Like right now, um, him telling me what's your plan, it, it gave me more avenues to work towards. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing special teams. I, I coach wide receivers. Um, I've coached cornerbacks, I've coached tight ends and, you know, it's like, Hey, I want to be this, but if I'm not, then I can still do this. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm trying to reach this highest level. And if I can't reach this highest level as a head coach, then I can be a coordinator because I know how to coach these positions. You know what I mean? So, um, just kind of having that in the back of my head, man, it got me kind of, it got me to where I'm at right now. I love it. I love it. What do you think? What do you think is your biggest failure so far, and what did you learn from that? How did you overcome it? Um, as I think about it, honestly, as a, I'll, I'll go back to like as a player. I think my biggest failure was my attitude. You know what I mean? I think I let, I think as a player, I let my attitude dictate um, how hard I worked at times, and okay. um, you know what I mean? How much um maybe passion I have for it um you know you play you play with us shoot we had three different coaches you know what I mean I played for three different coaches at Utah State and um you know it seemed like every year somebody four different like, offensive coordinators right yeah you know what I mean it was like all right so I proved myself I'm, I'm starting and now next year I gotta prove myself again it's like all right coach come on man so you know and, and every single time something happened you know what I mean like it wasn't it wasn't in my mind yet to say, you know what, man, I don't think I was mentally tough enough. You know what I mean? I, I just basically had the attitude to where I was just mad. You know what I mean? Like I was mad. I'm like, why, why, why I got to do this? Why I got to do that? Why, why do I got to prove myself again? You know what I mean? I just did this. I just did that. And I think that in my mind, that's honestly, man, that's my biggest failure. And I go back to that every, man, I feel like honestly, almost every day of my life, or I feel like it. Um, and, I think I overcame – I didn't overcome it at the time. Um, but as a coach, I overcame it because I never let any obstacle get in my way. Man. I never let anybody, um, you know, get me down. I never let anything negative affect me. I always thought positive. I always get my sons and my players to to think positive. You know what I mean? And, and to, to understand that, man, adversity is going to come. Something's going to happen to you. You know, you got to have a positive um, aspect on life, man, a positive aspect on everything that you're doing because your attitude will, will reflect everything that you do. It yeah. will reflect everything you do. And, I, and 
you know, when, when you talk about that, it kind of, I keep going back to it, man. And I, I get mad at myself. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I told my son, uh, at one point in time, he wasn't starting and he was kind of mad. And I'm like, in life, if you give everything that you have, you know what I mean? To, to learning the plays and working hard, man, and, and learning the system and putting yourself in position. And for any reason you don't play, it's not your fault. You can live with that. You can live with that for the, I, I would be able to live with that for the rest of my life. If I knew I gave everything, I went in the offices, I learned the plays, I worked hard, man. I went and did the extra. Saturday morning, I did everything I could and I just wasn't the dude, I wasn't the man. Then, hey, you know what, man? At the end of the day, I gave everything I could. But what's gonna ruin you for the rest of your life and what is ruining me still at times is the fact that I let my attitude control that. You know what I'm saying? I let my attitude reflect uh, my decisions that, that I made sometimes. And I could have been a way better player than what I was just if I would have had a better attitude. So, you know, that's that was my biggest failure um, as that I always think about. So, you think, Do you think that it's frustrating to you because it's something that's completely within your control? Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? And that's what, that's what kind of makes me more mad and disappointed at myself sometimes because it was 100% in my control. You know what I mean? And as you get older, you like, you know, sometimes as a player, you're like, you don't want to play me because you don't like me. You know what I mean? But as a coach, you're like, I don't have to like you. I'm going to play you because, you know what I'm saying? My job, my wife, my kids, everything is contingent upon us winning. I, um, I hate it. I hate it as a high school coach that sometimes I have to play players that I don't like. Exactly. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't like him at all, but I'm going to play. This kid right here is not going to like me, and I really like this kid, and I got to sit him because I know this kid's better, and I like this kid, but I got to play. I got – I mean, my job is based on, you know, what what happens on the field. I mean, yeah. I, it, it's you, get a, you get a big dose of perspective as a coach, don't you? Like, you do, man. You do. You know, you get a – yeah, you definitely get a dose of that, man, but – you know, I, I actually let it fuel me into – I think that's what became – that's what's helping me become a better coach um, is that right there. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm always talking to the players about it. Um, you know, I don't think I'm a player's coach or whatever, but, you know, I talk to them about it, man. I, I, I let them know what it's about, you know what I mean, and how your attitude can affect um, everything, man. Yeah, I, I... – I feel like I feel like attitude is more contagious than COVID nineteen. To be honest, with you. <laughs> like, I really do. I mean, I you, there is so much to be said in life as to whether you're a you know whether you're an Eeyore or a Tigger, <laughs> whether you're whether you're the guy that like yeah. and I you know when Ricky Brumfield calls me on the phone and I see his name like I can't wait to answer the phone. But I can't say that about everybody in my life because sometimes Eeyore calls on the phone and I'm like, man, ain't nobody got time for, <laughs> you know, like he's going to have to go to voicemail because he's not going to be uplifting. It's going to be hard. I'm going to have to go through like a whole conversation about how the world's ripping him off and exactly. things are good. And, and um, I, I think that stuff is contagious, not only from person to person, but throughout teams and organizations and, and everything else. And, the sad thing about it is, is like we were talking about, is it is it is completely under our control. Like we yeah. can control our reaction. I, I think Ricky, there were some things that we went through at Utah State that were tough. Our team, in some years, was good. Some years it wasn't so good. 
there was plenty of things to complain about and there was plenty of things to be upset about. I think one of the things that I look back upon is that in the middle of the grind and the difficulties of all of it, what I know now is I freaking love the game of football. Yeah. And I, I wish I would have been just a little bit more content and a little bit more happy to just throw the ball to Ricky in practice every day. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like just, just happy to freaking be there on the field with a healthy body, being able to like, I mean, in some ways football is a little bit of my flow. I could sit, I guarantee you, Ricky, if your family and my family got together and we were sitting on the beach somewhere in Virginia, you know, on the shore, I could play catch with you for an hour and not even realize we were playing catch, just talking about old times. And I'd be in like a, like some sort of flow or some sort of zone. And it has nothing to do with like, Oh, you remember back in the day when we were in the trenches, it's just that I love putting that ball in the air and watching you catch it. And just like, there's something about it. And I wish I would have appreciated the little things of football a little bit more than I did. Yeah. Um, the camaraderie, man. The, the camaraderie yeah. of everything, man. The, the the joy of us just hanging out, man. And you know what I'm saying? Like you said, just playing ball, just talking about old times, man. Just laughing about practice and laughing about us getting yelled at. And you know what I mean? Just all kind of stuff, man. Just whatever it was, man. I, I, we can do that forever, man. Yeah, I think I think there's something about that gratitude and humility of the situation that helps us to have a better attitude, right? Mm -hmm. So we can be a little bit more grateful for the opportunities and for – I mean, these kids are – I mean, we had scholarships, Ricky. Like, we graduated debt-free. Like, we had <laughs> opportunities that a lot of people don't have. And yeah. I wish I would have been a little bit more grateful sometimes for, for all the things that we had. Um, are you reading – do you read any books? Are there any books out there that you've read that you can share with any of these, these people watching? Yeah. Embarrassingly, man, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Right. Don't, don't tell uh, the boss, man, because he gives us a lot of books, man. Um, you know, <laughs> he gives us some things, you know what I mean? Fearless minds and um, these uh, competitive books. And, and he'll give us a lot of uh, chapters. He'll print off chapters and, and we'll read those chapters and, and get a lot of things, man. But my wife always laughs at me because I, I need to do more reading, man. I, I think um, you just need to get an audible account and just listen to it while you're driving into work. I, I did that at one point because he gave us a, a book that I, I can't remember the book. But he, uh, he wanted us to read it, and I got an audible account because it's uh, it takes like 20 minutes to get to uh, my office. Yeah. So I'll just read, you know, not read, but I'll uh, let it go. You know what I'm saying? And just that Fearless Mind book's pretty good. I read that. Craig Manning's good. He's a good one. Yes, yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Fearless Mind <laughs> for the listeners <laughs> hey ricky if you had to go back 15 20 years you had to give yourself advice you had to give a young ricky brumfield some advice what, what would you what would you say to yourself um i would say just have a great attitude man at all times and don't let uh don't let anybody uh dictate your attitude don't let anybody tell you what you can and what you can't do um and just give everything you have, man, into the whole entire game. Like, whatever you do, give everything into the whole entire game. I wish I would have did that more as a player. I wish I would have did that 15, 20 years ago. Okay. I like that. I think um, there's – so there's a lot of people struggling right now. Um, there's people that have fear of the unknown, people losing 401Ks. There's people that, you know, have family members with COVID-19 and – businesses are being lost what 
is there is there any anything that you've learned over the years? I mean, you're a coach, man. If you, if you haven't been a coach, you haven't been fired, or you haven't been fired if you haven't been a coach, right? Like maybe somebody <laughs> that's lost a job out there is going through some difficulty. Maybe some words of advice for them. Um, I think just just know that there will be brighter days ahead. You know what I mean? Like obviously nothing could could be bad. 24-7. You know what I'm saying? It has to It has to improve. Know that, believe it, and just work towards, um, you know, the bright days. Always work towards the bright days, you know. So it's always going to be something bad that happens. It's always going to be something negative that happens. Um, you can't let that keep you down. You know what I'm saying? It's going to bring you down every once in a while. You can get fired or lose a job, but you can't let that one thing hold you down yeah I was yeah. lifting I was lifting with my um, son the other day um, lifting weights and he was kind of he didn't want to go up a weight and he was like well I don't, I'm not gonna get this I don't want to go up I'm like well dude sometimes you got to fail in order to succeed you know what I mean like you you're gonna fail you know what I mean like if you're not working hard man you're not if you're not doing it hard you're not working hard enough so sometimes you're gonna fail so you just gotta understand that part man that sometimes you fail in order to succeed. And it's the same thing with now, uh, with COVID-19, you know, it's times you're going to have hard times, man, but it's only going to make you stronger. So. Yep. Yep. You're, uh, you're, you're a great example to your kids and to the, to the people that you're coaching. One last, one last uh, sentence I want you to fill in. If you were to go back to Utah State or back to New Orleans when you are playing on your high school team and a group of your peers were to answer this question, how would they answer it? Ricky will be successful because he blank. What would they say? Because he has a hustle mindset. Hustle mindset. Yes, I have a hustle mindset. And I will not – I know what I want, and I'm going to do what I got to do to get what I want. I'm going to hustle to get what I want. Love you know that. what I mean? I'm going to hustle to get everything that I want in life to, to – whatever <laughs> he will be successful because he has a hustle mindset god it's such a good that, that, I, I would say that's like 100 percent correct 100 percent correct i mean i there's a lot of people that could have looked at you at utah state and said oh there ain't no way that guy's ever gonna start he's 5'9 he's 170 pounds he's but man when it came to working hard when it came to giving effort when it came to like playing for teammates I mean, there were years where you had a lot of balls thrown your way and you were getting featured in some ways, and you had other years where you were a role player. And I didn't, I didn't feel like – I know that you felt like your attitude was different, but I didn't notice it, right? So <laughs> – <laughs> I guess but, that's, the coach, that's the coach coming out of me, man. I could have – you know what I mean? But Yeah, well, we, we, we all know that, right? Like, we all know things that we could have done better. I think, you know, I, just listening to you talk, it's been really – it's been really refreshing to listen to, you know, uh, you probably drive your wife crazy with COVID-19 advice, just saying, look, it's all going to work out. Cause I know I, with my wife, I'm like, hon, everything's going to be fine. It's like, how do you know that? How do you know? She's all linear and she's all about math and about this doesn't add up. I'm like, <laughs> things always work out. She can't stand that statement, but I do feel like there's a temperance about you um, that I could feel in this interview of like, Hey, Hey, we got this. Like we can do this. We got to keep getting up. We got to keep working. We got to keep being consistent. We got to have a good attitude, and we got to have a hustle mentality. But we can do this. And I think that's you. I mean, I, I think, I think this has been a fun interview for me, just because I think this is kind of explained to people about 
Ricky Brumfield and, you know, uh, about your mindset and about how um, you were successful in your life and how you're helping young men at University of Virginia to be successful in their lives. So thank you. I, I think, man, um, I thank you, man. I think, um, you know, we, we're kind of running parallel, man. We got, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, Raleigh, man, I remember all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I remember coming back to the huddle telling you, hey, man, I was open on that last play. <laughs> <laughs> I never met a receiver that wasn't open every play. You know what I mean? Like, I was, hey, man, Raleigh, man, come on, bro. Um, but, nah, man, I've always respected how you was too, man, as, as a player, as a person on and off the field. Um, you know, you was always a person, man, that, that we can count on as a team and as a teammate, um, personally and athletically. And so, for me, that was always big, man, because I know, you know, coming from New Orleans and, um, some of the crazy mindset that I have, man, and, and meeting you from where you're from, man, it was it was still like we we were on we grew up together almost. You know what I mean? It was it was still cool, man. We were able to connect, we was able to relate, um, and I've always respected you as a player, man. I really I mean that. So um, it's, it's good to see you doing things, you helping players, uh, just as much as I'm helping players, man. We're just doing it from a different angle. You know what I mean? But it's all. At the end of the day, man, we're still all helping helping young men. Well, that's why I, it's why I love sports. It's why I particularly love the sport of football. I think it crosses racial lines. I think it crosses religious lines. I think it crosses all kinds of, of barriers. And sometimes I look around the country and I see some of the divide and some of the things. And I gotta call. I gotta call my friends. I gotta call you. And I gotta call London. And I'm like, hey, man, am I seeing this wrong? Straighten me out, because I'm. <laughs> I'm, I'm all confused, man, because we were getting along just fine. Like, what the heck is going on out there? And you know, <laughs> London will set me straight, or you will. And um, I'm just so grateful that I had such good teammates. And and I'm and I'm grateful to you today for sharing your mindset with us. Because, man, you have a beautiful family, a beautiful career going, and you deserve nothing but good things. So, thank you. You too, man. No problem. You know us anytime, man. It's uh. We're like family anyway, man. You know what I'm saying? With your, your younger brother and everything, man. We're all family. So it's yeah, we got, yeah, it's true. It's true. So thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. You got it, bro. Anytime, man.